Hey friends, welcome to the Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast, a podcast that's not about growing marijuana or gardening, but is about living in radical faith and full submission to God. I'm sure glad you're here. The Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things podcast is hosted by me, Connie Lawson, and airs Mondays and Fridays on your favorite podcasting platform. Be sure to check me out on social media, both Instagram and Facebook at Weed Seeds and Beautiful Things. You can also go to our website at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings.com to leave your prayer requests or a comment and to read our blog whenever I write one, which is not very frequently because speaking is my jam, not writing. Anyway, I'm so glad you're here. Let's get this show started. Guys, welcome to the show. I'm your host Connie, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, I'm going to be talking with you further about healing. But before we start on that, I wanted to give you a little update. If you haven't listened to the Miracles and Atheists podcast before, <clears throat> be sure to go give them a, a listen because I had the privilege of being a guest on their show on uh, March 22nd, the episode came out that I got to be a guest in. It's a really neat show. It's a neat idea. It's different from most other podcasts that I have um, heard about or listened to. It, it's a, a dialogue type podcast that addresses both sides of the argument of faith, but even more, uh, I won't say more importantly, but more obscurely maybe, something that we don't hear often is they address the aspect and both sides of the coin on supernatural issues such as miracles, um, demonic oppression, uh, demonization, all of those types of things coming from a Christian viewpoint. They will have someone that is a believer in the, in the faith coming and speaking as well as someone that identifies as an atheist or some other religion that is not evangelical Christian. And so there's a really neat dialogue back and forth. It's a really great place to wrestle out some really hard questions. And I had the privilege of being a guest on that show. So go look them up. It is Miracles and Atheists. And you can look for them on your favorite podcasting platform as well. And then again, I want to call you back to go and listen to Rosalie Denow's show, The Good News Podcast. That's another awesome podcast. That show is specifically tailored towards giving God glory through everyday testimonies of people that have had the privilege of being in desperate situations and seeing God come through for them. So it's a very, very powerful show. And I also had the privilege of being a guest on that show and vice versa. We got to have her on our show. And so if you haven't listened to that episode or subscribe to either one of those podcasts, I would encourage you to do so. They're both really, really neat, encouraging shows, and you get some different insight when you listen to some different people. So those are two people, two shows that I am highly recommending you listen to. I hope you've had a good week. We got our little um, tech problem finished, so this will be a fresh episode, although the episode I'm going to air before this is fresh too. So we're kind of back on track. That's great. I wanted to be reading to you from Mark. I'm going to be in Mark chapter 12. It's towards the end of the chapter. I want to read you about, oh, four or five verses here. So it's going to be Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44. I'm reading from my ESV. 
which is the English Standard Version Bible. So if you have a different translation, it might be worded a little bit differently, but no fear. It all means the same thing and different translations can give us a different uh, perspective on scripture. So it's really kind of neat. So we're going to be talking about the widow's might today. And I'm going to read starting in verse 41. And he sat down opposite the treasury and watched the people putting in money into the offering box. Many rich people were putting in large sums. And a poor widow came and she put in two small copper coins, which make a penny. And he called his disciples to him and he said to them, truly, I say to you, this poor widow has put more in than all of those who are contributing to the offering box. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she has contributed out of her poverty. She has put in everything that she has, all that she has to live on. I know many of you have heard, uh, if you're any bit familiar with the Bible, this, the widow's might story is pretty common. It's pretty talked about kind of like Ruth and Esther. We've, we've heard it a lot. I myself have heard it a lot, but in my own personal quiet time, I have been going through the book of Mark, um, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, just really reading and rereading and trying to gain insight from the Lord. I've also simultaneously as doing this study have been having some pretty intense, um, relational issues come up that I'm trying to get healing uh, for and through. Some very painful things that keep kind of coming up under the surface uh, in my life that I keep feeling like I've never felt like I've really dealt with them. I have certainly tried, but I feel like I get to the point where maybe they're more manageable and more under control But then over the course of life and situations arising and meeting certain types of people or being in certain situations, I realize and I come back to the fact that I've never really been able to receive healing or to actually get rid of the intense stronghold that these areas of um, past hurts and past trauma have, you know, the effect that they have on me. And so it was in reading, you know, every day I I start out when I read my Bible, well, most days, and I open it. And before I start reading, I just ask the Lord to speak to me. It's not anything where I make a big, long sob story of how I need him to talk or in any way. I've learned that, you know, we can just kind of come It's not our words of our prayer that do something magical for God. It's the act of showing up. And so I just really basically just say, God, I just, I want you to speak to me. I want to hear your voice. However that, however that comes out today, just want to hear something from you. And so as I was doing this Bible study, just my normal Bible study and kind of suffering inside of my spirit, just feeling the heaviness of these issues. And again, I go back to, we may be wondering, well, what is the issue? It's dealing with past rejection, past rejection, past um, feeling the weight and the effects of being rejected in certain situations. And then the power that that has. So 
when I am rejected in a situation um, out in the world, whether it be at church or in a family situation, then that power that being rejected has over my spirit to kind of darken my hope and leave me feeling terrified, leave me feeling vulnerable, leave me feeling without resources, it's very strong. And so it's not so much that I haven't dealt with the rejection aspect as much as it is that it takes a lot to deal with the effect the entanglements that that different issues that we struggle with, that they reach out and they have this wide reaching effect over different areas of our life. And so it's more uh, dealing with the effects that rejection has had on me uh, personally, the way that it, you know, like I said, causes me to feel a sense of anxiety, a sense of doom, a sense of, you know, well, if I'm rejected by people, then I'm not going to get anywhere in my life, in my relationships, in what I'm trying to accomplish for Jesus. So there's this element of feeling very powerless and very isolated when I get rejected by people. And it takes on this whole just cloaking of my life and cloaking of my um, beliefs that I am wanted by Jesus and that I am being used and that I matter and that I'm safe. And it goes to the very core of who I am. And so maybe this speaks to you. Maybe there is an issue in your life. Because I know I've talked about rejection a lot. And the thing is, is when we're on this healing journey, we have to realize things mostly are not quick fixes. Things are mostly going back time and time and time and time again to the Lord to receive the healing. Like I said in the first Uh, episode that we did about this healing series, little bit by little bit by little bit. And this podcast is just around the idea of vulnerability, me sharing with you real struggles that I have, that I've witnessed, that I've experienced so that you can see that this is a safe place and that Jesus really does address all of the hard issues in our life. And So I hope that this speaks to you and just lets you know that if you are still struggling with something that you've been struggling with and you've been struggling with and you've been struggling with, it is really okay. It's okay and it doesn't mean that he's not working because he is working. He works little bit by little bit because if we always got the miracle, as I've talked about before, we would be sacrificing the beautiful relationship and the beautiful... miraculous growth that comes out of the pain and the struggle. And that's not always what Jesus wants to do. He doesn't always want to rescue us from the problem. He wants to walk us through it and provide healing as we stick with him in the valley. And the valley can sometimes be really, really long and really, really dark, especially in certain areas. So what does all of this have to do with the widow's might? The first thing that stands out to me is in this little passage of four four, four verses. I think it's four. I'm bad at math in my head. But the thing that stands out to me is the links that Jesus went when he had whoever was writing this book uh, to describe this woman's state of being lowly, of being poor, of being without. He says that she was a poor widow. So we know from that that she was Uh, not physically wealthy. She didn't have things. 
She probably didn't look all that pretty or beautiful. And we know that she was a widow. And in Jesus's time, being a widow was a source of shame. It was right up there with being barren. So women that did not have husbands or husbands that were alive were kind of isolated and uh, rejected by culture and by the world, essentially. But then if you were a barren woman, that was like, you know, those two things combined were just you were defective and you were alone. And so we know from those words, a poor widow, that she was not wealthy. She probably didn't look well. She did not have resources. She could not find work, if anything, to do. So there was no telling what uh, kind of bottom feeder jobs she was doing to make ends meet. And then it says she came in. She came in, and this is talking about to the temple. And then it says that she put in two small copper coins. The Bible doesn't say she put in a small amount. She put in a little. She put in what she had. It makes a point of telling you the absolute minutest amount that she put in. Two small copper coins. And then it tells you what that equaled. It equals a penny. And we all know in, in, you know, uh, America, a penny is the least valuable form of money that we have. It's if you have anything else, even a nickel, you have more than a penny. A penny is uh, impoverished. It won't buy anything. It won't get you anywhere. It's basically has no value. It's so small that it's in all terms related to people, it's useless. It's worthless. It has no value. So he goes to such lengths to describe how inferior, how alone, how alienated, how defective, how worthless this woman was in the eyes of the culture, in the eyes of where she was living, who she was living around. And then it goes on to say, truly I say to you, this poor widow has put more in than all of those who are contributing to the offering box. And here's the key, for they have contributed out of their abundance but she has contributed out of her poverty. She has put in everything she has, all that she had to live on. Why is this important that Jesus is pointing out what a, essentially what a loser she is in in the world in which she lives? Here's why it's important. It's important because we see here that Jesus makes a point. He makes a point of going over And recognizing those of us that are the underdogs, those of us that are not what the world says we should be. Jesus goes after the broken people, the weak people, the poor people, the defective people, the possessed people, the mentally ill people, the people with leprosy, the harlots, the witch doctors. Jesus goes after broken people. We see that Jesus isn't afraid of broken people. Jesus isn't repelled by broken people. And what even more, Jesus isn't ashamed of broken people. He is bringing his disciples around him. His disciples were his little apprentices that watched what he did and went and told the world about him. They were, they were important to his ministry. They were the close friends of Jesus. And Jesus gets them together around himself and he begins to tell them and to point out the value of this valueless woman to society. 
Society says she has no value, but Jesus is teaching his disciples the immense value that she has. And he is behind the scenes, raising her up and lifting her head. And that is so meaningful to me. Because sometimes we feel like we have to give to Jesus from our abundance. We have to give to Jesus of our good works. We have to give to Jesus of our pure intentions. We have to give to Jesus of service, of all of these things that are in the right form. They're perfect. They're overflowing. And yes, we should do that. But we focus on giving to Jesus out of a spirit that doesn't really need him. And the Lord was just speaking to me so clearly that morning when I was struggling with these issues in my heart and I couldn't even pinpoint what exactly was going on, but I was just so much in pain. My heart was wrecked over different ways that I had been treated. I knew that my thoughts weren't right. I knew that the power I was giving this situation wasn't good. I shouldn't be doing that. I shouldn't be thinking this way. I shouldn't be affected by it. I knew all of that, but I couldn't do anything. And that's when the Lord spoke so clearly to me. Connie, give to me from your poverty, not from your abundance, not from your lack. And give to me from your lack and your need. Don't give to me from all that you have that you've got together. I don't want that. I don't need that. Give to me your two small copper coins. Come to me as the poor widow who just came in. Think of how shaming it would be to be that widow, if you can even imagine it. Think how full of shame and how small she must have felt, but she went into that temple anyway. And you think about the Sadducees and they're dumping all their coins and it's clink, 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 endless clinking, which is showing how much they're putting in. And then you hear this clink, clink, silence, the shame, the worthlessness that she lived in all the time. And Jesus says she gave more than anyone else that's been in here. Why is that? Because that woman knew that she didn't have anything and she came to Jesus anyway. That woman put what she had in and she knew, she knew that she was given to Jesus and she believed that somewhere, somehow he was going to come through for her. And you know what he did? He lifted her head. He didn't pass her by. And he made a point in scripture to point out, to show us that Jesus fights for the underdog. Jesus fights for the little man. Jesus fights for the person with a disability, with an addiction, with a oppression, with a terrible, terrible sin life. He fights for the person that's in pornography, that's in infidelity, that is in issues of anger. Jesus fights for the defective person. Jesus isn't ashamed of the defective person. And what are we called to do? We are called to come to Jesus out of our poverty, to give him, to give to him out of our poverty, not out of our fullness and out of our abundance. That is useless. That is useless, worthless. Jesus doesn't want that. He wants us as we are because in the state of our depravity, coming in, intentionally to him, going up to him and saying, this is who I am. 
This is what I'm doing. This is my thoughts that I can't control. This is the hurt that I can't do a thing about. I need you. That is where Jesus will step in and fill that gap and do more than you could ever think, hope, or ask for. But it's when we pretend that we have everything together and we show other people up and we live a double life and we have no intention of being honest and vulnerable to Jesus, nonetheless, man, then we can expect big miracles because Jesus doesn't want our plenty. He doesn't want our fancy. He doesn't want our shiny. He wants us to give to him out of our poverty. That was very freeing to me to hear the Lord speak to me that way. Because I will tell you one thing that I very, very um, infrequently, I don't think that's a word, but I don't feel like I have most of the time is abundance. Most of the time I can see very clearly my areas of defectiveness. And, you know, we, we think of that as such a derogatory term, but it's true. Defective, something defective is something that doesn't work right. Well, a lot of me doesn't work right a lot of the time. And if it did, it would be a whole lot easier. But I would need Jesus a whole lot less. Jesus wasn't ashamed of a poor woman. He wasn't ashamed of a poor, unattractive widow. He wasn't ashamed of her two small copper coins. He didn't even say two copper coins. He made the point of saying small. Everything about this woman screamed insignificance. But Jesus didn't pass her by. Jesus lifted her head. Jesus used her to teach people how to be. And that has got to count for something. Because if we're living our lives for Jesus, and we're embracing the struggle that that all of this life is, because it is a struggle, then we are coming more and more to terms that our worth and our value and our identity is precious to God. And that is what matters. So we are separating more and more and more from the power and the approval needed from people to gaining our approval and seeing the purpose of being needed and wanted and valued by Jesus. I know Jesus doesn't need us in the sense that he can't live life without us, but he needs us in the sense that he just loves us. We're, we're, his, we're his jam. He, he just is for us. And so, friends, I want to encourage you, whatever you are facing today, be okay with it. Be okay with it in the sense that you see that Jesus is not repelled by the state that you are in. Jesus is not running from you. He is not disgusted by you. There is no place where you can go that you are too far gone. And if you know Jesus and you are coming to him, you are safe and you can come to him and give to him out of your poverty. Stop trying to give to Jesus out of your abundance. Stop trying to give to Jesus out of your abundance. Give to Jesus out of your poverty. Let him lift your head because if other people lift it, they're going to let it come crashing down. But if Jesus is a lifter of your head, you're going to stay upright and you're going to be strengthened. And you are going to receive that healing little by little as you continue to depend more fully and fully upon him, the author and the finisher of your faith. I once had, well, I still have this friend. She's, she's awesome. She's my beast friend. Uh, that was an autocorrect thing. So we have different funny texts that I sent her. They didn't, they weren't supposed to be funny, but autocorrect, right? 
So one time I sent her, um, I love you, my best friend, and it changed best to beast. So it has just stuck now that she's, now she's my beast friend. And so anyone that ever sees that, like on Facebook posts or whatever, it's always like, what are you doing? You know, that's where, well, it's autocorrect and it just stuck. Another thing was that she was having a moment a couple, several years ago and I sent her, I sent her a text to encourage her and I sent her the first, you know, the Lord is the author and the finisher of your faith and autocorrect changed faith to face. And so she got this text and it said, Jesus is, you know, be of good cheer. Jesus is the author and the finisher of your face. <laughs> so anyway, it, that has always been another thing where, you know, he will fix your faith and he'll fix your face. I'm not saying he'll give you a new one, but he'll give you a new countenance. And so friend, hang in there. Don't give up. There's no need to. Giving up isn't going to make it better. It may feel like it. And if you need a break, take one, but don't give up. Because giving up is not what we're called to do. Your worth and your value is found in Jesus Christ and it is stable and firm. And I am so glad that you listened today. Be sure, be sure to tell your friends and family about this podcast. Like, share, comment, and subscribe to it. Leave me a comment. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you have any prayer requests or if you'd like to be a guest. Also, let me know if you would like to have me come to any of your speaking events. I speak at women's events and youth events, and my calendar is accepting new inquiries. So be sure to reach out at blog.weedseedsandbeautifulthings on the comment tab, or find me on Facebook and Instagram at weedseedsandbeautifulthings. Do come back next time. I will be praying for you. Reach out with any questions that you have about your faith. Have a good week. God bless. I'll see you next time. Are you stuck in your office spinning your wheels? Is it time for you to get away from your business so you can focus on the business? Maybe a retreat. I'm Katie Horner of the For Your Success podcast, and though my husband and I started out in full-time ministry, living well below the poverty line, our six-figure business now gives us ministry opportunities that far outweigh the ones we had in full-time ministry. Join me and my husband Tap on April 30th at the Get Out of the Boat Christian Business Virtual Retreat to recharge your batteries and let us show you how fun it can be to walk out your faith in your business with joy and confidence. Because doing the business that God created you to do can be your best worship. The Get Out of the Boat Christian Business Retreat is April 30th from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. and you can attend from anywhere online. We can't wait to see you there. You can get all the info and register for your ticket right now at getoutoftheboat.com.